down to the end and the Bucks have a chance to win the game, you think, all right, I mean, they, despite all the odds, they're going to pull even, they're going to put the this game to overtime, they're going to win the game. And they've came one play away from doing it. And, you know, the miscommunication, whatever happened there on at the end with uh, the delay of game penalty on the two-point conversion, it cost them. Yeah, I think if Mike Evans is there, if Chris Godden's there, I think we're looking at a different game plan. Uh, you know, I just – they struggled at moving the ball on the ground to the air – uh, it was just the, the weapons that they have right now at their disposal. The offensive line, you know, Robert Hainsey did some good things, get a key, but Brandon Walton, Josh Wells, are just overmatched with some of these these defenses that they're playing. They desperately need Donovan Smith back. They desperately need some of these weapons back. And uh, kind of alarming was, you know, they thought Julio Jones was ready to go. Julio Jones dealing with a, tor- a partially torn PCL. Uh, they said that he could be ready to go, but they held him back because they want them healthy. And I think that's a decision that maybe kind of will haunt them looking back at this game if this is a, if this is the deciding factor of maybe a number one or number two seed down the line. Yeah, I mean, you do wonder a little bit. I think I, I understand it. You know, the idea of kind of it's week three. You know, we need Julio healthy for the long haul. That's that's probably their thinking behind it. Todd Bull said after the game he thinks Julio should be ready to go next week. Um, and, I mean, obviously they get Mike Evans back next week. I don't think it's – it's, it's weird because it's three games now where they scored one offensive touchdown in each game. I don't think it's like dire straits. Like I think this is, you, you, you know, that this offense has the talent. They have everything together. They just need to put it together. Right. I mean, I, a lot of time to do that. Right. And I think next week against the chiefs, a high flying, high powered office. I think they will be energized by the fact that they're probably getting Julio back. We know they're getting Mike Evans back. Dunman Smith might be someone who could come back as well. And Chris Godwin, you know, his his injury status is still up in the air. But, uh, you know, you bring these guys back into this offense, and I think it energizes it. And the best way for them to potentially get energized is the way we do it, and that's the drink of Celsius. Celsius is uh, our sponsor here at Pewter Report. Uh, and they – what can we say about Celsius that you guys haven't already heard? Uh I had two today. Uh, I need a second one. I, I really need a do. second one right now too. But seven essential vitamins uh, to give you the energy you need on a daily basis. Uh, so, you know they they have multiple different flavors. You're looking at uh, some of them. Our favorite right here, the sparkling orange. This is what I had uh, earlier today. Peach vibe, tropical vibe. They've got all the vibes now. They've got the Arctic vibe, which is like a berry slushy. It's it's delicious. I had an Arctic vibe this morning. Yeah, yeah. Arctic. I had an Arctic vibe yesterday. So uh, tropical vibe, peach vibe, uh, and you know the best way to do it. To, if you haven't had a Celsius, go to your local bodega. And go try one out because they they definitely are better than the other energy drinks out there. Uh, Sugar free, so there's no crash. And then if you like them and you want to buy them in bulk, the simplest way is just go to Amazon. Amazon, that's what I've done myself, and you know it's, it's it'll last you a little bit. And man, it's great. I, I don't have a day go by where I don't have a Celsius. Start off my day with a Celsius, just gets me through the day. And, and it, we appreciate them for being our presenting sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. And JC, I mean, where do we go from here? I think one of the, the big things early on in the game, it, it seemed like the Bucks could get some drives going. They get to third down. They couldn't, they couldn't do anything. I think they started 0 for 4 on third downs. They finished, what was it? I think they finished 2 of 11 on third downs. It's been a problem. It has been. 
It has been. And defensively, they came in as one of the – I think it was actually these two teams were tied for the second best in the league uh, against uh, on, uh, on third downs. And, I mean, the the Bucks early on – I think the Packers started four for four on third down, and it looked like what happened to the Bucks right. in the first two weeks. Right. And it, after that, they shut, they shut them down. They started four for four. The Packers finished six for 15 on third down. So, I mean, a little bit – obviously a better clip than two for 11. But overall, I mean – it's funny, you talk to some of the players in the locker room after the game, and they're frustrated with right. – not with the offense. They're frustrated with the fact that they gave up two touchdowns. They're frustrated with the fact that they got off to a rough start. And so that's something that – they've set a standard for themselves, that they really just want to come back. And, and next week, I mean, it's a tough opponent. you got Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense, but they are going to want to start fast next week and kind of get over that hump of the first three games now, starting slow on the first drive. Well, this You know, today's second drive and first drive, it cost them. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing that that was you know repeat, repeated over and over was that slow start. This Bucks team has given up points early in games, and they've given up rushing yards early in games, and that's something that they uh, they need to turn around. Quite frankly, you know they throughout the game, and especially in the second half, they've they've been a force. You know, yeah. turnover two turnovers tonight. Uh, you know, they've been limiting the run when teams are trying to run, especially yeah. if they have the lead, you know, the, the Packers are trying to get the run going. They have the lead to milk up that clock. And the Bucks just said, uh-uh, I'm not letting them do it. And, and, you know, I'm sure some of them are, they won't say it publicly, but the defense has been carrying the weight. They've only let up 27 points yeah. all year, 27 points all year in three games. And the offense just hasn't done enough. To, they've done enough in two games, barely. And they just come short, fall short two points shy on that two point conversion attempt this week and it's got to frustrate them as well they won't say it publicly but you know to go out there and continue to execute to shut other teams down get the ball back get them great field position uh it's something that the offense needs to turn around asap and it's gonna specifically have to do it next week against the chiefs team that can yeah. pretty much move the ball at will when they want to yeah and defensively it's it's one of those things where they're frustrated with themselves offensively they, they understand like they know obviously they're not playing well right. cameron Braid after the game was saying that it is frustrating they know they have the talent and they know they can put it all together they've done it before but it's just a matter of getting it all to gel of course getting guys back will help getting mike evans back next week will help getting julio back will help donovan smith is one that they really just they need to get back it's one of those things that we know how tough donovan smith is he's one of the toughest guys out there and I wouldn't be surprised to see him back next week. I know he was he was trending toward he, he particip, uh, participated in practice in a limited capacity on Thursday, so trending in the right direction. We'll see how this week gets all affected with the hurricane and, and right. whatever's happening with the weather. Bucks are, are talking about what their their plans are for that, but yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's it's disheartening to watch that. But it's early in the season; it's week three, right? I mean, right. If they're two and one, you have the first four games come out on the schedule, and you're like, those are a tough four first opponents. <laughs> right. And you're at two and one, a chance to go three and one through the first four before things lighten up a little bit with Atlanta the following week. Right. And I think if once you once they get all the weapons back, you look at, you know, 19 points against against the Cowboys, that should have been an absolute blowout. Yeah. You know, week two, there was opportunities that they missed. Penalties, self-inflicting penalties, mental mistakes, turnovers, self-inflicting penalties. It was just played this offense, and then you look at this game as well. I mean, you had Rashad Perriman fumble, you know, close to the red zone. You had another Russell Gage fumble on a drive that looked really promising. Yeah. Um, and then – for whatever reason, they finally go to go to the you know uh, no no huddle quick attack and down the line to to tie up the game or potentially tie up the game and that worked and I like to see some of that more often you know yeah. again I mean I know I'm not the only one that's getting frustrated with these runs on first down it's repetitive and it puts you in a hole I know I talked to, I asked Todd Bowles I mean uh, 
Uh, yeah, Todd Bowles about that today, and he's like, you know, we threw the ball that came out. But then it was more of their running. I mean, I, on three straight plays they ran. No, they got the first down, barely. But, like, you know, yeah. I, I get they're trying to keep defense balance, uh, you know, off balance and, and have a balanced attack themselves. But at some point, you've got to let – you got to let Brady cook. Bro. Yeah, you know he's the best. That, yeah. The best there ever is. Yeah, and it's just it's it was a weird it was just a weird flow of the game and the fact that the uh, Packers had two of those two early drives touchdown drives were long drives kept the Bucks offense off the field and the Bucks came back out and early on they couldn't get anything going much they were they were going three and out penalties were setting them back it was the first down penalty made first and twenty stuff like that just kept <laughs> happening and then finally when they did get those drives going it was the fumble. It was another fumble. And then late in the game, it was the fourth quarter. They're, they have one of the best plays of the game is Brady hits Jalen Darden for a 25-yard right. game to the 50-yard line. Oh, and then whatever we saw on that double, double reverse attempt, the ball gets fumbled. The Bucks lose 12 yards. Yeah, okay, you're, you're facing second and 22. Brady's sacked third and 30 in your – yeah, what's your, what's your play call on what's third and 30? Well, I, mean, I, I don't – they got 12 of it back. So it was only a fourth and 18, you know. I yeah. mean uh, – yeah, that, that's been a huge issue. Is you know, there's no way to sugarcoat it. It's play calling. There's been some some real question marks there. Uh, you're, I don't think you're utilizing your best player's strengths in the in the effort to be multiple, as they say, to, in order to be balanced. And I think, you know, of course, hopefully Julio's back next week. Mike Evans is back next week. We'll see about Godwin and Smith. But once those guys come back, you have to switch it up because what you've done. The first three games hasn't worked offensively. Yeah. You've got to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, we want to get the running game going, but how can we get the running game going? Or how can we utilize the passing game to get the running game going? We didn't see it until later in the game, but they started utilizing Leonard Fournette more yeah. in the passing game. And I think that's something that this offensive miss. Remember, Leonard Fournette was third in the on the team in receptions last year. Yeah. And he's 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 not been a big factor until tonight. You saw him at six targets, five receptions for 35 yards. That's the most that we've seen out of him in the passing game those first three weeks. So if you want to get the running game, there's other ways than just running the ball and especially running it on first down and then putting yourself into situations where now it's second and long, third and long. And and you're ha- when you're ha- especially when you're having trouble converting on third downs. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things where their the third down struggles can often be attributed to their struggles on first down. Right. And we talked about it all week, and I think we've talked about it all season. That's a lot of the a lot of the issue there. And so, there, like you said, there's a way to run the ball, establish the run. And if you, if that's something that the Bucks are are focused on this year, being that philosophy, some that kind of kind of a shift from Bruce Arians and, and throwing the ball downfield so much, it's just do it in a way that's not so predictable. I think that's the big issue and the big challenge right now right. for this Bucks offense. And like you said, with the Leonard Fournette in the passing game, I was something I talked to John Gilmore about on our Peter Tailgate show this morning, and I was saying. First two games, Leonard had two catches and two catches in those two games. That's right. I was happy to see him get a little bit more uh, in the passing game tonight because I, that was something that I think he won them a couple games last year. Absolutely. That, that Philadelphia game, I think maybe it was also yeah. was the New England game. Yeah. Um, it, it, was, it was just kind of street ball. Yeah. It was multiple where it Go was – Go to the Buick. Yeah. Throw, throw the ball to Fournette. He, I think he would finish with you know over 100 combined yards, and he was just moving the chains, and that's what they were able to do. And that's something that the Bucks have struggled to do, obviously – Getting in those third and long situations, right. you're you're already putting your putting yourself in in a hole. You're you're just you're up against it on third and long, and that's why if you can't get to that third and four, like a dump off to Leonard Fournette's great on third and four, but you right. can't do that on third and eight, third and nine if you're you're not getting anything on first and second. Down. Right, it becomes difficult. And you look at what Leonard Fournette had; he didn't have amazing rushing numbers. Only 35 yards on 12 attempts, uh, 2.9 average, which is not good at all. Yeah. 
But you add in those five catches for 35 yards. Now he's got 70 yards from scrimmage. You're supplementing the way you're using him, not only as a, as a de designated runner, but as a guy who can catch things out of the backfield and turn up field and make plays. Because one of those runs were, seven, were 17 yards. So yeah. he, he's a playmaker that I feel like they're underutilizing, especially with all the injuries. I mean, that's the biggest thing. They've yeah. got all these injuries, yeah. and they're barely utilizing him. They're not utilizing Rashad White as much. Um, you know, I'd like to see – we saw a look in the Dallas game where they were both in the backfield. I like to see that happen a little bit more, but I think there there's definitely some wrinkles that this offense can do to spark some life into it, and I didn't see that this week. Yeah. And in a game where you needed that, I thought that was a big issue in play calling uh, by Byron Leftwich. Yeah, and I thought that was the the weird thing was just with so many injuries, you kind of thought, all right, they need to be a little creative. They need to they need to do some different things, and I don't think the Bucks did much different on on this this week three game at all. I think it was more of the same. And I mean, Todd, what Todd Bull said after the game was like, it wasn't a, a talent thing. He didn't want to blame the fact they don't have their top guys. It's not a talent thing. It's an execution thing. Tom Brady talked a lot about how they just didn't execute. The defense is playing great. The offense isn't executing and it's costing them. That goes hand in hand with talent though. Yeah. You know, I mean, certain, certain players can execute better than other players because of the talent level. Yeah. And right now the Bucks. Are playing, you know, and that's not a knock on Scotty. These are NFL players. There's only <laughs> what you know, fifteen hundred of them, eighteen hundred of them in the in the world, like that are on, on roster. So these guys are definitely skilled athletes. But you know, they're the Bucks have assembled the cream of the crop. They've yeah. got Mike Evans and Julio Jones, which are two potential Hall of Famers, yeah. and Chris Godwin, who's elite a, a, an elite receiver, and they're just not utilizing them correctly. They did have though, you know. Some plays drawn up for their newest guy, Cole Beasley. He came in and he had three yard, uh, three catches for, I want to say, twelve yards, targeted four times. Um, and he, I, I, I don't know if I was in, super overly impressed with him. I thought he had some good plays, um, but again, it's hard to make that distinguish uh, because he's. He's brand new. Yeah, he's three, three practices He's in. three practices in, but I, I think he could be a good addition to the team. Yeah, I didn't expect a ton. I think that's. I think I kind of saw a little bit, to, to an extent, what I expected, just kind of that, that outlet guy. I think he had a first down on, a, on the early fourth and one on um, the first drive, you know, help move the chains. And he's that kind of guy where he's going he's gonna to catch the ball over the middle and catch it in space, get you those first downs. And I think we'll see more of him, I think, especially, you know, with, with the way these injuries have gone. Um, it's been – it's been a struggle for the Bucks, and I think the more he gets with the offense, I mean, again, it's been three days, been four days, and this, you know, the fact that he was even active today was just out of necessity. I mean, they, they right. just, they're that banged up uh, at the receiver position, and it's just it's so funny to go back to the offseason. I don't know if it's funny, but to go back to the offseason and how much talent they assembled at the wide receiver position to guard against what happened last year, right. and just I don't know how this keeps happening where it's. Just such a wave of it, it gets to that point where they're already down four receivers. I mean, three, three or four. Russell Gage, you know, had a had a better game today. He had that fumble that was really costly, and Todd Bowles wasn't happy with it. But on thirteen targets, caught the ball twelve times for eighty-seven yards. Had that touchdown there at the end. He's been playing banged up himself. You know, he's been playing with, right. with a hamstring issue since training camp, and so it's it's one of those things where you've got your your top four guys. Um, of course, Mike was, was suspended today, but get your top four guys out in game three of the season. It's it's a tough position to be in, so that's why Cole Beasley, they needed him today. Right, right, and, and we got a super chat from, from Marquise Davis, and he says, uh, Fagal, thank you very much, Marquise, appreciate it. He says, our receivers are killing us, and again, tight end, tight end production is bad. Do we trade for a tight end? 
I don't know if it's panic time yet. I mean, we're only three games in, and I feel like, you know, this should have been a game they won. You yeah. saw what the defense did to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, holding the, the running game to 67 yards, holding the passing game. I mean, Brady outpassed Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it was not by much, but 271 to 255, the, the difference was sacks and obviously one more touchdown. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I don't think – that it's time to panic as far as the wide receivers go. Just gotta get healthy. Gotta get healthy. That's what it is. That's it. And you gotta get yeah. Mike back. If Mike did not do what he did, or the league looked at it a different way, and he was not suspended, we're talking about a Bucks win. I'm, I'm, I'm so sure of it. Um, you know that two point conversion. There was another time when they were down in the red zone. Yeah, I don't as even well. think they get to that situation at the end of the game with Mike right. on the field. Right. I, I think it's it's a com- not a, I don't know a comfortable win, but it's. It's one that you're not having to, you know, throw up a two-point conversion to just get the tie and send it to overtime. Well, right. I'll, you know, because they also lost Jair Alexander, yeah. their best cornerback. So now you take away – Early in the game, too. Early, yeah. early in the game, yeah. So now you take away their best cornerback that's going to be covering Mike for the most part. I just think that, you know, it, it's not panic time. It's not trade for any one time. You brought in Cole Beasley. Um, and I think that – I don't want to call that a panic move, but that was more of a move where you – you're looking at like, okay, maybe the younger guys that we have on this roster isn't going to get the job done. Yeah. Let's bring in a veteran guy who's known for going across the middle, a good slot receiver, um, and someone that obviously, you know, as he said, he's been in Brady's DMs yeah. for a while, and Brady <laughs> finally checked them, opened them up, and yeah. answered them. And, uh, you know, I, I think he'll be a solid addition. It gives you really, you know, a really still deep wide receiver room when everyone's healthy. That's just been the issue. So I don't think it's panic time. I will say I don't think it's panic time for this group either, but we've got to see better offensive line play. We do, yeah. You know, we, it's, it's it's weird too because it's – the thing we could say, keep saying is early. You can only say it's early for so long. I mean, it is right. early because it's week three, and this is a unit that is without Donovan Smith right now, and that's something they weren't anticipating, of course. And it's important. They weren't anticipating being down to their third left tackle either, even if, even if for some reason they thought, okay, well, if, if Donnie's out, you got Josh Wells as the backup. They're both out. That's right. not a situation that you can really foresee um, happening. But, you know, with the guys like Robert Hainsey stepping in for, for Ryan Jensen, I haven't had a lot of problems with Hainsey so far this season. Um, Gedeke's, you know, taking his lumps, I think, as a rookie. He's three games in. You can only, you can only do so much. Um, and I, I think it's it's one of those things where they just need to continue to get better week by week. And the, the big thing is the – just kind of missed me. There was that one Brandon Walton, Brandon Walton sack he allowed where right. it just was a bad anticipation play. I feel it like was. he was he was in position, but he didn't he didn't he wasn't waiting for the move. Like he made the, the defender made the I don't know who it was um made the move for the sack and he That's was just he was just late. He was just late to get to him. So it was one of those things where it's it's and he had the see holding better. call yeah. too. Yeah, on a Brady had an 18 yard scramble <laughs> and it comes back on a holding call. You know, you can say, yeah, I mean the 18 yard scramble doesn't happen without the hold potentially, but Man, what was it? Watching Brady run 18 yards on the field. He said after the game, Brady in a little bit of like, he was in a Brady mood. I think after the game, and but so, not a Brady Brady. Mood. Yeah, like, like he was, he was still kind of willing to, to talk a little bit more. And honestly, I think talk more than he did last week after beating the Saints. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it was longer for sure. And then of course they ask him about the 18 yard run, and he has the, the jokes that he brings. You know, he said he saw a whole lot of green grass and no Packers, and no one turns an 18 yard or 40 yard gain into an 18 yard gain quite like him. <laughs> and of course, he busted his uh, his knee brace on that play, and you know that was just it was another example of the Bucks getting something going offensively, something positive happening, and then a, a drawback, just something it just it, it shoots himself right in the foot right, right away. Like it's 
They couldn't sustain that throughout the game. Well, I just want to see a little bit more push. You know, uh, these younger guys are supposed to, you know, be still learning pass protection and yeah. improving at pass protection and be better in the, in the running game. I just want to see a little bit more more push them in the running game. I know, you know, these last two weeks they've been going up against some of the best defended run, you know, run defenses with uh, Animata and with Kenny Clark, and they'll be facing Chris Jones. Um, but you look at what they were able to do, and, and it's what we've been talking about, right, guys, that Dallas game was not exactly what to expect from the running game because of the guys there. And it doesn't get any easier. They have the After the Chiefs, they have the Falcons and Grady Jarrett and, and Marlon Davidson. And, and then, you know, you go up to Pittsburgh and yeah. Carolina with, with Derek Brown. And so, you know, they, they need to – improve in the running game they need to improve in the passing game they need to do it quickly because it, it doesn't get easier for them at all and, and then they're facing the ravens so we're yeah. going to send different multiple looks actually up the middle what's so interesting to me about this offensive line is early on i think it was a lot of it was with the running game it was like okay this is what they're good at so we're going to run the ball more keep them a little more comfortable not ask them to do a ton in pass protection i think honestly it, it was a little different today i don't think they were so great today in pass protection but the first two games they impressed me in, in the way they were able to protect Tom Brady. Um, I, I think it's one of those things that you have to strike that right balance. And I think they're going to improve. I think they're going to get better in both pass protection and, uh, and run blocking. But it's just it's got to come, you know, week by week. you got to see that growth each week. And I think today was a setback. I think, you know, Green Bay's got a, a pretty tough front. But, um, you know, you got to be able to, to handle and roll with the punches. And there were, there were you know, there were good reps, there were bad reps. But overall, we need, we, I think you need to see better play from the offensive line. Right, like you said. Yeah, I mean, and we saw one guy too make his his season debut. There uh, was Kyle Rudolph. Didn't do much though. I mean, he was only targeted once. He caught his lone reception for twelve yards, and that was kind of it. That was he was an afterthought after that. And uh, I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily know if that bodes well for his future on the team. There, you know, Gronk was here at the stadium, <laughs> and there was were some reports here that kind of came out that. It's just some whispers through the building that, you know, there's been some discussions possibly, um, but there's a little sensitivity ar around the whole Kyle Rudolph rock situation. So I don't know if there, if you buy into that, if there's much to read into that, but. Uh, I wouldn't expect it. Kyle, Kyle Rudolph is definitely a guy who I don't think is going to continue to be active on game days. So let me just say that. Yeah. I, I think out of, um, you know, it was out of the situation today. I think, I think, Normally, K. Otten would have been active. Powder Dog probably would have been inactive again, um, and you would have seen more of of Otten and Keith. I think what what's interesting is I, I like what I've seen so far from the rookie tight end, especially in terms of blocking. Mm. I think Otten's going to be a good pass catching option down the road. Um, you know, week by week, I think he'll get better. I haven't seen a ton out of Cameron Bray. We saw a little bit more against the Packers. Saw a little right. bit more against the Packers tonight, um, but not as much as as we've seen. Because Bray's a guy that Brady trusts. Um, he, he's through three years now, he's been one of those guys that he goes to. And we've seen it a lot of times you've seen it in training camp. And it's a guy we, we made the jokes too about Blaine Gabbard. It's, it's one of those things where, Oh, there's break over the middle of the middle, you know, get the ball to break. And I think, I, I think that's something that you might see more going forward, but overall it's, it's a stark difference to go from this team has Rob Gronkowski for two years. And then you're, now you're getting nothing out of the tight ends. Right. Exactly. And it, it's, it's so weird too, especially like in the red zone situation, uh, you think that these guys would be more of a presence, and and Cambray did kind of come alive, you know, later in the game. He had five receptions, fifty-two yards, was targeted six times. He had a that big long one for nineteen yards. So yeah. they they 
they're just not and again if you go back before Gronk, this offense this scheme offensive scheme has never really featured tight ends yeah. they're usually there to be seen and not, you know to be seen and not heard as blockers and um you know i think that's why they target a guy like kdot and then the guy like uh co-keep because those are their roles blocking tight ends so you know, and obviously Kadon has a has hands. He's a wide guy too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I don't I don't know if we should expect to see more um, of these tight ends in the coming weeks unless the injuries continue to stay where they're at. I think the onus is going to be to get the ball to the wide receivers and to still set the run up and continue to run in the ball, which is going to be. I think it's going to be a process and experiment that we're not going to stop talking about all, all season long. <laughs> Uh, in order to kind of keep balance, on, keep balance, and be multiple on the offense, when you've got the best asset in the league, and that's Tom Brady, and you surrounded him with weapons for a reason. Let him rip the ball. I want to see more two minute. I want to see more in the hurry up, no huddle, because you saw how effective that was. Why they waited until the literally the two minute drill to do the two minute offense was beyond me. When they could clearly see things weren't working. Even at the end of the first half, that was kind of the, some of the best that the offense looked outside of the first drive. They had a pretty good first drive, but they they started going up tempo a little bit, and they were kind of catching the Packers on their heels. They were getting some gains. I think they had like four or five quick passes in a row, and they were getting right. back to the line, and then it just ended with the fumble. But they were they were moving the ball more, and it, it was a clear sign of improvement at that point in the game. And then, of course, the last drive, it's one of those where it just everything started to go right. It was right. like you, you just felt like, okay, I mean, Tom Brady. If there was 10 more drive. minutes in that game, I think we'd be talking about a different outcome. Well, I mean, especially with the way the defense was playing. There's five got, more minutes, maybe. Yeah, I think we got to go back to, to what the defense did because that whole second half, they shut down Aaron Rodgers. They shut down the Packers' offense. I know they didn't have, you know, they don't have Devontae Adams anymore. It's not like the Packers' offensive old, but it's still Aaron Rodgers, still a really, really good quarterback, one of the best of all time. And he, would, he wasn't doing much in the second half. The, the, the defense was taking the ball away. Um, you know, they, they had the interception by Logan Ryan. The defense even kept, I think, kept this from being a game that got out of hand early on because it was 14 to three. Offense wasn't moving. The defense, even on the third drive, the Packers had, I think it was the third or fourth. They get down inside the five yard line. Aaron Jones catches the ball near the goal line, and then it was big Vita Vea and I think Levante Davis on the tackle too, forcing the fumble. Logan, was right. Logan Ryan on the uh, recovery too? Yeah, Logan Ryan. Yeah, so recovery. Logan Ryan has played a hand in three turnovers in the last two weeks. You're seeing a lot out of Logan Ryan. Right. And, and I, I think it's just. Those first two drives are what the defense is going to focus on because they think their standard is we, we can shut everybody down. But when you look at this this body of work over three games, this is a, a defense that deserves to be three and up. Absolutely, I mean they've played their their mind out, and it's been it's been a lot of fun to watch them just shut down offenses. And they have another big test next week to shut down another offense in the Kansas city chiefs. They don't have Tyreek Hill, but this is still a dangerous offense. It did fall to the Colts uh, Colts today in a surprising game, but we'll be, we'll be live at walk-ons next week for the live pewter tailgate show down in midtown show kicks off at six 30. So make sure you guys get over to walk. If you're in the Tampa area, make sure you get over to walk-ons 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, we'll start our live tailgate show. And then right at 8.20 when the game kicks off, we'll switch over to live in-game analysis. Uh, for the Bucks' second home game and their first second Sunday night game yeah. against the Chiefs and that high-powered offense. And this defense, let's talk about this defense now because this defense was absolutely 
stellar in the second half. I mean, if you looked at it, seven drives give up one first down. It was a punt, punt, interception, punt, punt. Yeah. Like, they were just on point in that second half. And, you know, they really set out to accomplish what they wanted to do, which is shut the run down yeah. with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and Aaron Rodgers totaling just 67 yards in front. And I think, too, what was what was interesting about what the Bucks were doing, I have to go back and kind of watch this game and, and re reanalyze it, but it seemed like they were getting home with, with four a lot. They were. Like they were. They were. They were putting a lot of pressure on Rodgers with that front four. And that's something I asked Joe Triangle about after the game, and, and just of course, with as as talented as the secondary is, with as well as well as they've been playing, if you can get home with four and give them a chance to to make plays with the ball, I mean, it's it's going to make for what you've seen so far with with this Bucks defense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that allows you to do so much too, because the the cornerbacks have been great. Yeah. You know, the secondary has been great. So if you're getting pressure with your four and you've got good coverage, there's bound to be mistakes, bound to be uh, interceptions and and fumbles and, and all sorts of turnovers caused, and we've seen that. You know, we saw that yeah. by uh, that Logan Ryan interception. That was a forced ball. That was not supposed to go directly to Logan yeah. Ryan, and part of that was pressure. And, you know, they got after him, and, and, and Logan Hall had his first career sack. Yeah. Uh, t- today was the only sack of the game on Aaron Rodgers, and – uh, you know, they, the Bucs didn't get to him as much as they wanted to. And earlier in the game, I felt they were they were sending they were sending more than four in the early earlier in the game and trying to get after him and make mistakes, play blitzes and stuff like that. But Rogers was taking a bit. He was picking him apart at that point. That right. Was, that was when he was able to hit those quick throws to Cobb to Lazar. He hit the Dinkin Yeah, it was it was early on. That's what the Packers were able to take advantage. of. Right, and that's what we'll talk to Will Golston afterwards, and he said that you know early on they were digging and dunking, and you know we had to adjust. You know they did everything that we thought they would come, you know, to our game plan, and and once we took that away, then we were able to play our game, and yeah. they, boy, did they play their game. I mean, you look at what they're able to do on the defense. It was just uh, you know the the, the forced fumble with. Between, I don't even know who got that yet. They, I was, think they, they credited to Davida Vea. I've heard someone told me on the broadcast, and my dad, my dad told me on the broadcast originally they credited to Nacho, and then Levante David was in there he as was, well. It was a sandwich. Yeah, it was. That is a. It was a. It was a Aaron Jones sandwich. Aaron Jones does not like to run against his team. Doesn't, he doesn't. <laughs> he certainly doesn't like to get hit because you look at the last two times he's done it. Jordan Whitehead. He's probably feeling pretty good. He's Jordan Whitehead not here. Anymore, right? but, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. He gets slapped again. And, uh, you know, another guy who had a, had a really quietly good game, he had pick six last week, was, was Mike Edwards. I've been so impressed with Mike Edwards this year. Uh, he was so good. 13 uh, total tackles, a tackle for a loss. And he came – he was giving some hits too. He was yeah. walloping people. Like, the, if you look at this secondary – and that th- the three tight end system that Bulls is running is just I, I don't I don't have an it's it's so effective because and you're seeing the guys just make every week it's a different guy making a play and you know Jamel Dean almost had an interception if it wasn't for uh, you know a penalty late call substitution, a late yeah. substitution penalty call back but you looked at week one Antoine Winfield Jr. had the interception week two Mike Edwards had the pick six week three. Uh, you know, and Logan Logan Ryan had the fumble recovery yeah. week week two. So week three, Logan Ryan with a fumble recovery and a, and an interception. That three safety look has been so instrumental to this Bucks the Bucks defense success. In my eyes, I, yeah, I think no. it's been just a, a, a catapult 
to where they are right now. Yeah, I think so too. And I think what's what's been interesting is we haven't seen as much of Keanu Neal as I expected to. Right. Um, so not quite giving the the looks that we might have expected uh, coming into the season. Keanu Neal did lay lay the lumber on that one hit on the uh, it was on a punt return. And they ended up doing the re-kick. So I bet the I think it was Amari Rogers on the punt return. Probably not very happy they had he had to go back out there after that, no. taking that hit to the sideline. But yeah, I'm curious to see what what go going forward, what we see out of Keanu Neal. But yeah, like that, those three safeties, when you can get Logan Ryan, you can get Mike Edwards on the field at the same time. And of course, Ann Pollenfield Jr. When you can get all those guys on the field at the same time playing at a high level, it's 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 hard to beat that team. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And I don't know, uh, Logan Ryan's in here on the veterans minimum benefit too. I mean, he's getting paid right, right. now by the Giants. He's in the veterans minimum benefit. And you know, I don't know what's going on, what he's doing or what he's been doing. Has it been the TB12 method? Or maybe has it been... Has it just been age rejuvenation? At age rejuvenation, we have a lot of interest about erectile dysfunction in men. It's not like my sex life was dormant, but you can always improve. It was having an adverse effect on my marriage and was uh, very happy with the results. We have various treatment programs available to enhance their physical abilities that can improve blood flow and sensitivity. The pulse wave has made it so much better. It's been a significant improvement. The good news was that I heard it from my wife. Stop waiting. Start doing age rejuvenation. Guys, if you want to feel better, go to age rejuvenation. Lose weight, feel great, have better sex. You might have seen age rejuvenation as a new sponsor of SR's Fab 5 column on pewterreport.com on Fridays. Well, Scott Reynolds is an age rejuvenation customer too. Scott turned 50 this year and noticed that his energy had become a problem. Turns out he had low testosterone, like most men in their 40s and 50s. It's just nature, fellas. Low testosterone affects everything from weight loss to energy to stamina, but now there's a way to fight it, and that's what Scott did with testosterone therapy. Now he has more energy. Visit agerejuvenation.com. Age Rejuvenation has five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. Lose weight, feel great, and have better sex with Age Rejuvenation. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know if that's what Logan Ryan's doing, but he's rejuvenated his career so far in these last couple of games, especially these last two games. We haven't seen the playmaking ability like this with the Giants the last couple of years, and I think he's been such an instrumental part. And, I mean, we've, we said we talked about Mike Edwards, but we've seen it. You know, down in the line of scrimmage, playing deep, playing the nickel position, acting as another linebacker on the field, these three safeties – can do all of it and are so versatile and interchangeable, it really gives them freedom to do so much. Well, that was one of those things, too, coming into the season. Mike Edwards has been a guy that's been a rotational guy his whole career, and he's been a ball hawk. We knew Mike Edwards was a ball hawk. He makes plays on the ball. But with Jordan Whitehead leaving, you know, you you kind of thought, all right, how can he do as a, as a run defender? Right. He's going to come in and step up and be a starting safety. He's got to be able to play the run as well. I, he's done it well. Phenomenal. He's done it Tackle well. for a loss today. Yeah, he's <laughs> done it really well. I think Mike Edwards, is his trajectory is only going up. It might present by the end of the season with, with the way he's playing, with the way Jamel Dean is playing. It might present them with a little bit of a problem uh, as far as, you know, seeing who they can keep around long-term, longer-term. But with the way they're playing right now, I think the, the, sky, the sky is continuing to be the limit for this defense. The offense, as when the offense figures it out, and I think it is more of a win rather than an if, right? Because they just got to get some guys healthy. They've got to, they've got to. I think they need to change some process things. I think they need to kind of tweak some of the what, the way they're running things. But it just makes such a difference when you have Mike Evans out there, when you have Chris Godwin healthy, and when you have Julio Jones out there, if he can stay healthy, it's it's going to make a difference. So if this offense can get up, like we were talking about earlier, if this offense can get up to speed not even necessarily at the levels it was the last two years. I don't think it needs to be scoring 30 no. point, whatever, 30 points per game and, and just throwing them 
running up the, the total yards to 500. Wow. I think they need to they need to do more. Very clearly, they need to do oh, more. Oh, absolutely. But the defense is going to put them in position to win a lot of games. 100%. They definitely need to be able to do more um, as an offense and, and put them in an, an advantageous position to allow the defense to continue to play as well as they have been. And if you look at, you know, what the secondary has been able to do, Carlton Davis quietly had a forced fumble today as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, like they've been just turn making turnovers. They're, they're, they're way up in the plus in the turnover ratio right now. And, and they've been able to get after the quarterback. And they've been, at, they've been able to get after the quarterback in a variety of different ways. And part of that's because the coverage has been so good. And, you know, you look at today, we mentioned Logan Hall had his first career sack today. Uh, but that wasn't it. I mean, he, he also had uh, a tackle for a loss. He had three quarterback yeah. hits. He was getting after Aaron Rodgers. He, he was. was. And it was it was very it was paramount for that to happen. Because, I mean, Akeem Hicks being out, you needed to see more from, from Nacho. You needed to see more from the rookie, Logan Hall. And Logan Hall paid it off. And they, Todd Bowles said after the, after the game, he just was asked what he saw from Logan Hall in this game. And he just kind of said, we saw what we drafted him for. Right. The, the, the things that we saw on tape and the reasons we drafted him, that's what we saw. And for that to come in week three, I, I think is is a, it says a lot about him as a player. I think Will Golson was very complimentary of him, I mean, all offseason, but especially right. after tonight's game. And a little bit, too, to, to get that first sack out of the way, especially to have it on Aaron Rodgers, a legendary player. Right. But I wonder if you kind of start to see those coming in waves now. He's got, he's got his first sack out of the way. He's getting pressure on the quarterback. Right. Once you get that first, all right, I can do it. You know, Aaron Rodgers, like, that's like a big thing. He was stoked <laughs> about that, yeah. talking to him. And, you know, I, they, they were getting after him, too. They only got him down one time, but they were getting after him. Will Golston had a, had a play where it was just this close to getting, but he still drove him into yeah. the dirt over here and, and, uh, and uh, uh, backed up against their own. Uh, end zone and it was uh you know he he said it you know having a guy like logan hall who's got that who's got the same size as him that quick pitch abilities he's, he's got that pass rushing uh expertise and is able to get that he, he just adds a different different versatile piece to that to that defensive line which has got i mean there, there's so many different guys on there that yeah. can do so much i think we saw more of a vita bea to do today to do today too yes um and it's just it's it's a defensive line that Rodgers is one of those quarterbacks just tough. He was thrown out of sacks. Like he was he was almost wrapped multiple. up and multiple times. We were just like, how did he get the ball? How those shovel passes. Yeah, how did he get that? He's just a smart quarterback and he can do that. It's it's gonna be a different challenge, I think, next week when the Bucks play the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, because he's a guy that can get out of the pocket, make plays with his legs, throw on the run, complete all kinds of crazy plays. And we saw it in the Super Bowl. The Bucks were getting after him constantly, and he was still somehow getting throws off, almost completing passes. Had some some passes in that game just flat-out drop. Right. It would have been a closer game, I think. So he's one of those quarterbacks that's tough to bring down, tough to get after him. And, you know, talking to some of the players after the game, it was Joe Trinko saying, they just got to contain him. They got to keep him in the pocket because right. he's going to try to hurt you. And it's it's going to be interesting interesting to see how the defense handles that aspect of it, um, you know, to continue this run they're on. Right, absolutely. And if you look at the, the play of the linebacker, I mean, Levante David, obviously, was it was it his first fumble? Was it Vita Vea's first fumble? He's still one of those guys that is just a, a, a pretty much a tight end eraser. You know, he, he had really good coverage. Him and uh, Devin White had really good coverage on Tony. They made a few plays, but nothing that was too egregious yeah. uh, in the end. And, you know, I, I don't think you can point to this defense and say, even though they let up the 14 points, and say that – I mean, you just say that sentence like, "Oh, even they let up the fourteen, like fourteen points." Right. So Aaron Rodgers, like, and say this is the reason yeah. why the Bucks lost. 
I think if you're going to point to anywhere, it, it's got to be the offensive side of the ball and say, you know, they've got to get it together. And again, it's so difficult because you can't make excuses for teams, right? You're an NFL team. Yeah. You have NFL players. You know, you have to go out there and you have to execute no matter who's. Every team deals with injuries. Every team deals with situations that come up and arise. But <laughs> that's it, yeah. But you know, with this Bucks team, they they've they've gathered a, a really. I mean, look at the guys they've, they've brought in. Look yeah. at the they're like Jason Lance, like Thanos trying to collect Infinity <laughs> Stones. You know, except these guys are trying to collect rings or whatever, and he's trying to collect all the stones to put them in the rings for them. It's it's crazy, and and they have to be able to go out there and execute the plays that are called. Now, I mean, again, we can get back on the play calling aspect of it, but they've got to be able to execute. And there were several drops. There were several plays that just were not executed properly by, you know, either wide receivers, by offensive linemen. And that that was the biggest holdup. That was the biggest situation on why this team didn't win. And I, I think that needs to turn around, and I think they can turn it around. They've got another week to prepare. Um I guess a, a couple extra hours to prepare <laughs> too, because it's a Sunday night football game. Yeah, um, and and we'll see how that translates. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. I think it's one of those things where you don't want to get too down about a two point loss in week three. It's there's a lot to fix. There's a lot for this team to fix. There's a lot that they're doing well, and I think it's one of those things where it's a long season. They've got a lot of games left. It's it's really about you know getting to the playoffs, of course. And we saw it, we saw it. I think in in 2020, you know, the Bucks didn't play their best football early in the regular season, but they, they got hot at the end, they got to the playoffs, and they took care of business. I, you always want to set yourself up for that situation where you can play your games at home in the playoffs. But, like, it, it's just one of the things where you've got to stay as healthy as you can. You've got to play as well as you can process-wise, execution-wise, and, and the rest, I think, will take care of itself. It's one of those things where you don't want to, like, the sky isn't falling in week three. No, not at all. Especially no, after no. two wins to start. This right, right. <laughs> two road if, wins. If they were 1-2 or 0-3, oh you might be like, okay, something something's going on here. But I, I think there's – fixable things within what they're doing that can get them right back on the right track. All right. And there are two road wins that they that yeah. two won. You know, they yeah. were seven and one at home last year. They still made it all the way to the divisional round, one play away pretty much from potentially going to the NFC championship or hosting the NFC, <laughs> yeah. NFC yeah. championship really. So, you know, I, I, I'm not worried. I think it's going to, you know, the one thing I will say against this matchup coming up with Kansas city is there is not only is there some, you know, mystery around who's going to, we know Evans will be back, but who's going to be ready to play as far as Julio Jones, you know, Bulls expects him to, but things setbacks have happened. Yeah. Same thing with Davis, maybe Godwin, but uh, they're going to be at a disadvantage. The Bucks are clearly going to be at a disadvantage this week, even though they're playing at home. And that's one time where it's weird that them playing at home is going to be a, a disadvantage or could be a disadvantage because of the hurricane coming yeah. into town. So we're not sure what the practice schedule is going to be like. Well, usually, normally they'd have practice on Wednesday. Tuesday is a player a, a player's day off. Normally they have practice on Wednesday, but with the hurricane expected to possibly come into town on Wednesday, yeah. we'll see if they shift. I know Peter Report we're shifting. We're setting, we're doing our podcast Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday this week. So make sure you you set your alarms and set your reminders for that because of Wednesday. Um, and the potential landfall of this hurricane. And we're going to monitor it. They're going to monitor it. But, you know, Kansas City's not dealing with the hurricane. Yeah. So if they if the Bucks lose a day of practice or whatever. The only way it affects Kansas City if it somehow it gets pushed back and their flight schedule changes or something's changed with their process. But other than that, I mean, 
they'll fly inward on Saturday and right. play on Sunday. So it could affect the Bucks. We don't really know. I think um, Todd Bowles said they've had conversations already about maybe what's going to happen. He said he'll know more tomorrow about how they're going to handle the situation. I think obviously as time passes, tracks change, you know, paths change. They could have more information on where this thing is headed. Um, so, yeah, it's just something to keep an eye on how how they're affected this week with this impending weather. Right, exactly. So, I mean, we're going to we're gonna monitor that and and see what happens because I think even though, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, and you know, he lost he lost Tyreek Hill, right? There's yeah. no way around it. But he's got some other players there, and he's a special guy. I think if the Bucks get their offensive pieces back, this defense is going to continue to play the way they are. I don't think this defense drops off because they're playing a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, I, I just don't, I don't see a complete 360, 180, yeah. on, or 180 rather, on this defensive play. Um, yeah, sure, they might let up a few more plays to a dynamic, you know, and, and but it's another guy that, that Bulls has pretty much had, you know, a, a good thumb on. Outside it, of that first half in the, the regular season 2020 game, right. the first quarter, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. Um, but again, no Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. So, yeah. I, I think if they get those offense pieces back, I think it's going to be uh, definitely a closer contest there. Um, and speaking about closeness, nowadays they're building homes so oh, close together. Gosh. They're building homes so close together. It feels like you're on top of each other. You know, especially with your kind lanai like and your pool, kind of like both of us in this <laughs> press box. Your, your lanais are, are crowded and people can kind of see. And so the best way to really, you know, add some privacy to that is with Florida lanai and curtains. Yeah, Florida lanai curtains, simple and affordable outdoor comfort and security. You can just enjoy yourself outside more. You don't have to worry about your neighbors, you know, being a little nosy and kind of trying to see what's going on and be all up in your business. Um, Florida lanai curtains will give you privacy. They'll give you shade. I think, um, you know, after some of the, the calls tonight and some of the ways that this uh, this fan base has <laughs> felt about Byron Leftwich, he might want some privacy uh, at his home. He might want some some uh, a way, way to shade himself away from everyone right now. But Florida Lanai Curtains, great, uh, you know, sponsor of ours. They provide free estimates. Visit lanaicurtains.com. Hassle-free online quotes, 813-337-2511. We love Florida Lanai Curtains. Yeah, and as you guys know, anyone that we have on as a sponsor, we're either one of us at least, at the very least, is a user of their product. And Scott has him in his home, says nothing but great things about it. My neighbor actually has him. Yeah, one of the sale ones and one on the wall. Not blocking me because we're good neighbors, <laughs> but, you know, we got some creeps in the neighborhood. So uh, definitely check out Florida when I curtain. So any of your Florida curtain needs. Guys, we're going to wrap down, wrap up this show here. Um, we want to thank you, obviously, for, for coming in here and, and talking and hanging out with us for the Super Chats for sure. Um, I, I think the biggest takeaway for me is this defense is damn good. Yeah. This defense is damn good. And the offense will come around. I'm not worried about it. I, as you said earlier, I don't think this is a team where you need to score 30 points a game for them to win. I think you can get away with 20 points. I think you can get away with 21 points, 24 points, and still develop get victories because the way this defense is playing. And I'm not even going to say unless whatever, whatever, because I'm not going to speak into existence. Everybody I don't, knows what you're talking about. I don't see it dropping off anytime soon. I just I see it actually improving and getting better yeah. once they have more time to communicate and, and get into a rhythm and swing of things and look at what they've done wrong, look at it on tape, and correct it. And I think we've already started seeing that a little bit. I'd like to see it more with the run game. Uh, you know, they've started, teams have started a little 
they've gotten some some decent runs against them early on before yeah. settling down and, and, and pretty much making it non-existent in the second in the second third and fourth quarters. But, yeah, it's almost like it's it feels a little bit like you know as much as it improved as their past defense has been. It's almost traded a little bit as far as right. like their own defense isn't by any stretch bad. It's just, no, no, it's not number one, number two in the league like we've seen the last couple of years. So it's it's a little bit of an adjustment where you're like, man, well they gave up 67 yards or something like that on the ground. It was, it was not one a of those lot. things where like early on Green Bay was getting some runs, but overall, yeah. I mean, it's they they're just playing really well as a defense on the whole. So yeah, I mean, nothing you can take away from the defense's performance where you're going to be upset. No, not at all, not at all. And I and I look at next week's opponent with the Chiefs. I don't see a really I'm not scared. I'm certainly not scared of Ronald Jones with his zero for zero for zero stat line on the year. And I'm not really scared of Clyde Edwards Hilaire either. I, I think they can they can really shut him down. I don't see a way that he's going to uh tear through this Bucks defense. So um, you know, you can kinda of, they can kind of make them one dimensional like they did Rodgers, but they've got and it worked. I mean, two touchdowns. That's it for Aaron Rodgers, MVP last year. Yeah. I mean, can't really ask for much more. Yeah. No, no. So, with that being said, guys, we're going to close it out. I want to thank y'all for being here. As always, we're live at Raymond James Stadium. We're in one of the coaches' suites. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, they, I don't know what they do in here, but. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think they have meltdowns quite like uh, from the Bills oh, the, today. The, the was, Bills, was, yes. He's going a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, throwing his stuff around. Um, but, guys, like I said, I, I want to thank y'all for tuning in to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, post game edition. Uh, not the outcome we want, not the outcome we're looking for uh, if you're a Bucks fan. But you know what? I think there's a lot to take away from this, a lot to improve on, and a lot, you know, as Brady says usually, you know, you sometimes you learn more from loss than you do from a win. And I think this is a great teaching moment for some of the things I need to improve on. So with that being said, we'll be back tomorrow. Scott and Matt will be back at it. Again, remember our podcast change, depending on the hurricane, is going to be changing up this week too to a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, that doesn't mean touched back Tuesdays are gone. I've got a very special guest here. Uh, kind of, we're rolling through. I'll give you a hint. We're rolling through the secondary. <laughs> we're rolling through the secondary, and some and, and all these guys have had some really big, really big games so far. So uh, that will still be out. It could be on a Tuesday. It might be touched back Tuesdays on a Wednesday. I don't know. We'll play it by ear. We've got a hurricane coming, guys. Get your water. Get your bread. Get your TP because it's gonna. It's coming up fast and furious. We'll see how the cone changes, yeah. but. That being said, uh, for Bailey Adams, for myself, J.C. Allen, we're out of here. Thanks again for watching the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out.